you. Oh, I've got an interesting word that I feel like God has given me. And what makes it interesting to me, are we live, by the way? We are. Well, I'm sorry, Frankie. I'll do my best to stand still. Anyway, good luck with that. I have an interesting message to bring this morning. The reason that I feel like it's interesting is I didn't feel like it would be me giving it. You'll probably understand more as we get into it. I really felt more like this would be a message that you would hear from our senior pastor, Pastor Damien. And I'll say that once we get into this, he will begin later in the days and the weeks to come to elaborate it. And as we walk through this, you're gonna have some questions. And I have about zero answers for you right now. But the great thing is, is we have a solution at the end on how we're gonna solve that. So how many of you heard Pastor Damien talk about the pathway to purpose? A few of you. Some of you have not heard about this. I'm just gonna go over it with you in very brief detail. So the pathway to purpose is simply when God sends us people that we have at least a program or a platform to get them from salvation all the way to their eternal purpose. We don't just assume that they're gonna make it and get there all by themselves, right? How many are thankful that we've had partners in life to help us in our journey? So if you heard the emphasis on a certain syllable, syllable, wrong emphasis, syllable, we're gonna be talking about partnerships today. And so I want you to tune your ears in but this pathway reads something like this as we uh, spent many hours praying and seeking the face of the Lord. We want to be able to take people from first salvation to baptisms, then to partnership, then go through life and rest, talk about discipleship, begin to understand their spiritual gifts as it pertains to service in the kingdom of God, and then all the way to discipling others. That's the pathway here at New Life Christian Ministries. And I wanna to focus today on partnership. Now you know what I like to do? When I begin any sermon, what do I like to do? What does that even mean, right? We need a definition, right? What does that mean? So yesterday we had worship practice and I put them all on the spot. And I'm gonna do the same thing this morning. So you can shout out and we can all hear you in this building. So when I say the word, Partnership, and I'm gonna cheat. Yep, I'm gonna cheat. I'm hitting the hot button. I'm gonna cheat this morning. And Miss Angie had a great answer, and I want her to shout out her answer first because she's just gonna help get this thing started this morning. But when I say that word partnership, what does it mean to you? Investment. Investment. That's a good word. I love that when it pertains. Shout it out. Come on, don't be shy. Relationship, I love it, yes, what else? Together, anything else? Come on, don't make me put you on the spot. Unity, man, those were a lot of the same ones we had yesterday, by the way. What else? Help, help, yeah, love that, help. By the way, partnership looked like what we just did this morning. We were doing it, we're living it, we're breathing it, right? But I just wanna emphasize that all those things that you said that it was is really important when it comes to the body of Christ. So here's my favorite dictionary in the whole wide world. Webster's 1828 says something like this. It's the association of two or more persons for the purpose of undertaking and executing any business, particularly trade or manufacturing, and understanding their joint expenses, and connecting to one another, and they are formatted and formed together by a contract. 
I was thinking, if we only had a contract that would form us all together so we could really become partners in this journey of salvation and life in Christ. Do you think we have a contract? I see somebody holding one right now. There's one. There's another one. If you got your Bible this morning, hold it up. If you brought it. If you got your phone and you're using your phone, hold it up. It's all right. I use my phone a lot too. That's your contract. When you came to Christ, that's everything that you agreed to. And by the way, we get the better end of the deal. Jesus takes all of our garbage and says, bring it to me, and hey, I'll take that. And I'm gonna give you all the good stuff. If that was an earthly partnership, what would that look like? If I entered into a partnership with Wes Kellemeyer and I made him do all the work, do all the funding, and all I did was sit back and take all the reward of the partnership, how long do you think that partnership would last? How long do you think, brother? How good of friends are we? We're pretty good. 30, 30 minutes. He said it would last 30 minutes. How many are thankful for the partnership? This partnership starts with Jesus first. We have to understand that we're partners in Christ first and foremost. So before we start the discussion of what partnership looks like at New Life and amongst us, we have to understand the very basic principle as Pastor Damien laid out with that strange rope that I believe he made Kyle Wall go purchase at Dollar General and he drugged down through here and Jumped all the way down here. I, did he drag it that way? It was like it was long. It was ginormous. It seemed ginormous. Anyway, he drug that thing. And the one thing that I thought, man, there's room on that for everybody. Did you see that? Like, I know he only brought a couple people up and they attached to that rope. However, there was room on that rope for everybody. Everybody, I love that. So I want to go over a couple of scriptures this morning to show you and, and to kind of just prove a point in case your heart's a bit unsettled. Is this biblical? Is this true this morning? I don't want to give you anything that's not truth and not word, all right? So in Ecclesiastes, do we have that first scripture this morning? I think that's our first one. Ecclesiastes 4, if you want to turn in your Bibles or your phone. This is such a great scripture. If you've got it. Oh, it's right in front of me. <laughs> I never look at that thing. God bless. That's awesome, though. Wow. All right. Well, I'm just going to look up there then. I'm not even going to look at my notes. All right. Ecclesiastes forces two people. How many? Two people are better off than for they can do what? Help each other what? I think we can just go home. We can just go home. They can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in serious trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep keep each other warm. We generally don't like to talk about stuff like that. It makes us feel uncomfortable. But nevertheless, it is a truth, right? We can keep each other comforted and close. But how can one be warm alone? It's a question. How can they be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and do what? This is the word of God, saints. We've got to believe this thing. We can conquer. And what's it say next? Three or even better. <laughs> I think there's more than three people in this room here today. Three or even better. And I love this because it comes back to the reference of the three-corded braid is not easily broken. And Pastor Damien's talked about that. Let's turn real quick in Luke 10. Let's turn to Luke 10 real quick. I'm not going to take a lot of time to break down these scriptures. I want you to know I'm going to be talking about partnership today, but this is just an introduction. Everybody say introduction. In the days and the weeks to come, Pastor Damien will give you all the details as the questions arise as you sit in these seats, and I know they will. 
and it's okay. But Luke 10, number one, I'm really digging this, man. This new technology that we've had here for how many years? <laughs> 10 years. The Lord now chose 72 other disciples, and he sent them ahead in what? He didn't even send them out by, himself, by themselves. They partnered together to fulfill the work of Jesus Christ and sharing, and, excuse me, sharing the gospel to the world. In case you still don't believe me, let's turn to Exodus 17. I'm not going to spend a lot of time reading this verbatim, but you all know the story. This is where Moses is out there, and they're fighting this battle, and Moses needs to hold up the staff. I'm paraphrasing. Forgive me. But you get the gist of it, right? And he, but he's getting weary. And what happens? Come on, you guys are Bible scholars. He sends who? Aaron and her to hold up his hands. Because what happened when his hands begin to fall? They begin to lose the battle, right? They were losing the fight. So God sent partners. Everybody say partners. He sent partners to help so that they could win the fight. Amen? And I thought, I don't know if those few scriptures, God, are convincing enough to really get your people to believe in this. And I believe that this message is inspired by God, and it's just not my words. And so, God, I just come to you right now in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is alive and it's powerful, God. It's powerful, but I come humbly, God, today, and I ask that I don't want to say one thing more or one thing less than what you have for your people today. God, I come in a spirit of humility, and I pray that your heart, God, would be heard, not my heart. I pray your heart would be heard as we talk about this topic, God, in partnership. All right, lastly, maybe to hope to anchor this thing that, man, maybe there is some truth to this partnership thing. In Genesis 7, we understand the story of Noah. So I thought I had to implore upon the heartstrings of all you animal lovers. And so when Noah loaded the boat, how did he load the boat? By pairs, right? Even the animals, he brought them in. Two by two. I thought that was funny. I thought I'd get a bigger laugh. It's okay. No worries. I want to come back, though, to understanding that one thing. I want you to hear the heart of me, and I don't normally like to preface messages. I usually let the Word of God be my preface. But I want to say something today. I don't want you to feel like I'm up here beating you today or trying to get you to do something that you don't want to do. That's not my point in here. My point today is to get you to understand the Word of God and what it says about what it may look like to be a partner in a local church. Now, here's the thing. Several years ago, I met with Pastor Damien, and he invited me on a trip to Cleveland, Ohio. We were actually there to do his checkup for his kidney, his annual checkup, right? But he invited me along that day. Before we left, he handed me this ginormous book, and I actually have it back in the back. I didn't bring it up here. But he handed me this big book, and he says, hey, when we go to Cleveland, let's talk about this. I'm like, the whole thing? Like we got four days before we leave, man. This thing's like a medical journal or something. Anyway, we went to a coffee shop. God bless him. He doesn't even really like coffee. Can you say partner? He doesn't really like coffee, but he knows his partner really does. And so he took me to a coffee shop, but we opened up this book. And when we opened up this book, we began to discover something, that there's something severely wrong in the church. And when I say the church, I'm talking about the universal church because New Life Christian Ministry fits inside the universal church. And I know you're going to hear me and you're going to say, well, that's not happening here. I'll let you be the judge. But in this book, there became an systemic problem inside of the church. And people stopped partnering People stopped doing the work of the ministry, and they looked upon the shoulders of the pastors to do it all. 
Have you ever seen that? I read a, an alarming statistic this week on LifeWise Research. Now, this is talking about across the globe, but did you know in any given month, 1,700 pastors quit? 1,700 pastors quit. Now, listen, I understand, and I'm not trying to uh, get you to just be empathetic about those who have pastoral giftings because there are, is also a problem in the church where some pastors won't get out of the way and let you, pass, and let you partner with them. Hear what I said. Sometimes pastors have to learn to say and accept your partnership. So it's a twofold problem that we have now in the church. Pastors that want to do everything, even though they say out of their lips at times, we need you, we want you, but they won't, there's no room. They don't know where to go, right? And if I can just be real honest, if you've ever felt that here at New Life Christian Ministries, I want deeply to say from myself and Pastor Damien that we're sorry and we repent if you've ever felt that way here. And we want to say going forward that is not going to be the case. And we're not going to allow that happen. And we're not going to allow what happens out of the astigmatism where pastors should do it all. That's pastor's job. That's the 80-20 rule that's coming into play. If you don't know what the 80-20 rule is, 20% of the people typically in any church or any organization do 80% of the work. Well, I speak prophetically right now, and I cut and I curse that thing at the root. We are going to do all that we can according to God's ways and God's glory, and we are going to be a church of 100%. Because we need you to build the kingdom. Pastors can't do it. Elders can't do it. The prophets can't do it by themselves. The apostles can't do it. The evangelists can't do it. The fivefold ministry wasn't designed to do everything. They have their part. They have their place. But the job of the pastor, I'm getting ahead of myself so far. I know it. Like I can just see my notes right now. I'm, I'm panicking. Help me, Holy Spirit. But the job of the pastor is not to do everything. The job of the pastor is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministries. That scripture is found in Ephesians, and we'll probably find our way back to it here in a minute. Sorry for rushing ahead. I apologize. But listen, last week, Pastor brought out the scripture in John 15. So let's turn there real quick. This is going to become a very foundational truth to solidify the fact that we are established in our partnership with Christ first. And that's the thing that begins to bond us all together is the saints of God. And if it's not, then we have something wrong, myself included. John 15, 1 through 8 says this. It says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit. And I need, somebody needs to hear this this morning. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit. Listen to that this morning. I don't know why when I was reading that, God said, bring that and highlight this morning. It seemed like it had nothing to do with the topic. But some of you are being pruned in a season, and it's not because you've done anything wrong. It's because the Father sees good fruit in you and says, man, you know what? There's even more. There's even greater measure in here, and I'm going to take this thing, and I'm going to prune it. And you say, oh, God, that hurts. And he says, wait till you see it. Wait till you see it. Wait till you see this thing manifest. So we can't always have the mindset that because there are dead things that he's plucking off, it doesn't mean that everything is always bad. He prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they'll produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me. And I, here's the promise, if you do this, if you stay grafted to the vine, right, I will remain in you. That's the promise. It's come back to where God has seated us, right? God says he seated us at the right hand. And then at times we find ourselves, where are you, God? We've got to ask ourselves, who moved? Who moved? Did I move? Did you move? 
Am I still grafted to the vine? Am I trying to pull away from the vine? What's going on? The promise is if we stay there, he's going to remain there with us. That's the promise. It says, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches, and those who remain in me and I in them will do what? Will do what? Produce much fruit. You know what you guys are? You know what I am? I'm the counter at the grocery store where you walk by and you look, and there's all these fruit, apples and tomatoes. I don't shop that department. I like the meat department. <laughs> but there's all this fruit. But here's the thing. If, we're, if we don't stay in Christ, all that fruit is out there. It's still out there. It starts to stink, though, because there's nothing replenishing it ever. It starts to wither and get gross. And who wants to eat a wrinkled-up tomato? Is that the one you pick when you go to the store? No, it's not the one you pick. But when we remain in Christ, that's the kind of fruit that's available. It's the kind of fruit that when you walk by, you're looking like, oh, my goodness. Those grapes are ginormous. They're ginormous. And you know what you say? That's my father in heaven. It's my father in heaven. Your fruit is your billboard. Let me tell you about Jesus. We make this so hard sometimes. I make it so hard. I'm getting away from my talk. I want to say so much right now, and it's so off topic. Dear Jesus, help me. But all we're trying to establish is that he is the vine. And together, if you're, how many here believe it, that right now that you're saved? If something would happen to you, right? Like, we're all grafted to that same vine, that same one. You, me, together. Everybody say, together. together. Now, God showed me a vision when he drug that big old rope out that sometimes the body of Christ, I wish I would have got it out. I don't even know if we have it. It's not important. But can you imagine if I grab hold of that rope, right, and I'm grafted to the vine? Right? But when you're together, you're in unity. Somebody said unity, right? When it talked about partnership. Like you're holding on to that thing together. But all of a sudden, if I want to go my own way, I do what? If I got that rope, what's happening? Come on, all you imaginators. Use your imagination. There's this big white rope in my hand right now. And I've got, I've got a hold of it. And you've got a hold of it. Mr. Frankie, come here. You're a good imaginator. Is that a word, by the way? Scrabble? Triple word score for Jim Lewis. All right. Grab hold of that thing, man. We're on it together. But I'm going my way, right? I'm not really, I want to do my thing. My flesh is coming alive, right? And I'm like, I begin to do it. All of a sudden, what happens if he starts to do the same thing? Do you see what's happening to the rope? We don't have this thing that, that points. The plumb line begins to get, thank you, by the way, the plumb line gets this kink in it. Right? Jesus is the line. Jesus is the branch. It's Jesus. He's the plumb line. But if we can stay in unity on that and just work together and stay attached to it, then that doesn't happen. And so much power comes of that. Listen to this out of Isaiah 43.1. But now, Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, do not be afraid for I have ransomed you and I have called you by name and you are mine. The reason I brought that scripture is out, you have to understand that God is calling you to himself and he's purposely calling out to you and saying, come attached to me. Come attached to me. Come breathe me in. Breathe me in.
Do we have that picture, Jason? That's awesome. Woo! That's a gorgeous picture. Isn't that beautiful? I could just sit there and look at it, and that's why I'm letting you look at it for a minute, to see what your eyes capture, see what you see. But when you look at this picture, you're looking at a road, and it's, it's lined with all these beautiful tall oaks. They got that glorious Spanish moss hanging from them. It's so beautiful. And what you can barely just see at the end of this road is this big old beautiful house. You can't really see the house. You can just kind of see some makings of the front entrance door down there. But to me, this picture says everything's kind of pointing to the, to the house back there. It's leading me to this house, right? But I want to tell you something about the trees that you're looking at. You see, we actually had the privilege of visiting this place. This place is called Boone Hall Plantation in Charleston, South Carolina. And this is what you drive in when you drive in to see this old plantation is this glorious pathway that leads you to the the main home and a lot of ugly stuff happened here but that's not my point today my point today is the the fixation of these trees right these glorious trees and I'm just like wow so I think there's like somewhere between 30 and 40 of these oak trees planted along this thing and here's the thing this picture that you're looking at those please, those please, those trees were planted in like 1792. 1792. And over the course of all that time, I think they've only ever lost three trees. They've only ever lost three trees. One of them was to a lightning strike. I believe another one was to a storm where a hurricane blew through the Charleston area, took one out, and I don't remember what happened to the other one. And they've since tried to replant those uh, other trees. But that's not even my point. Isn't that a great picture? But listen, there's something happening here that you don't see. And I want you to say partnership with me. At some point uh, when they were working on this plantation and working on this road, and you see that road's not concrete. It's not asphalt. It's just a stone road, which makes it just as cool. But they were doing some work, and they began to dig up, right? They had to do a, some digging. So they brought in a big ex excavator and backhoe and began digging up in there. And while they were digging, the backhoe operator noticed one thing. Ran into some roots. Man, that really, when you're digging, nobody likes to run into roots. I don't. But here's the cool thing. They actually stopped digging, and they began to do some exploration. And so what you see here actually happen is these trees that are on the right and these trees that are on the left have somehow, they're so big and so majestic, have connected their root system underneath the road to one another. Did you hear what I'm saying? Now, I want you to look at this picture, and as we continue to look at this picture, and you see this clear path and this house, the house is Jesus, and we are the trees of righteousness. There's water all around this property. There's trees of righteousness that have been planted, and they're so strong because their root systems connect not only to the branch, which would be the road, right? If we think of the rope that leads from Jesus that Pastor had out. But they go underneath there and they connect to this and make this amazing partnership network. And I'd have to say that's probably what's been their success for them to remain all these years because they've stayed connected together. I want to ask you some brutally honest questions going forward here. And this is where it gets sticky and it gets hard. But have you ever come to a church or been a part of a church and you didn't feel like you were connected to it? I see some heads nodding. 
Did you ever ask yourself why? I'm sure there's a lot of different answers here. Some of the answers could be what we talked about, right? The disconnect sometimes because the pastor wants to do everything, and I just don't feel like how I can connect there, Jesus, and there could be some truth in that. But could I dare say that sometimes your connection point is hard to find? Well, what do you mean by that? Jim's an introvert only by his personality and not by the Holy Spirit, but that makes him a little backward and shy sometimes and not great at greeting people, not getting out. And so sometimes if this is my connection point, right, my handshake, it's easier for me to go like this. And it's easy for Jim to do this sometimes, even when we'll just pretend that church isn't actually happening right now and people are just walking in, and I haven't even said hello to you. It's easier for me to do this. It's easier. But does that look anything like Jesus? And so if I'm grafted to the vine, what should I be looking like? What should I be smelling like? Jesus. And it's then Jesus says, hey, morning. Good to see you. Fist bump. Don't pick me up. But you see, this isn't partnership. This is just the start of partnership. Partnership is messy. Friendship is messy. It is sometimes, right? We've all had great friends. It's messy. But the real friends are the ones that stick with you through it. They stick with you through it. But if you don't have any friends, sometimes I had limited friends, and I'd honestly ask God, where are all my friends? I'm not talking about right now. I've got a bunch of friends, and i got a bunch of amazing men of God that he enlightened me. But there was a time in my life I'm asking God, where are all my friends? Where are they at? And when he began to deal with me about using my introverted personality as an excuse he said, you don't make yourself friendly. Ouch. I told you this was going to be an awkward sermon. It's not really a sermon. I just hope that truth is coming out of this and you're going to begin to make a connection. So the question was asked, have you ever been to a church and you didn't feel connected? So I'm going to make it really personal right now. Have you ever been to this church and you don't feel connected right now? You don't have to answer me. I'll save you and me the embarrassment. But what I do want you to do is ask yourself, why? Like, why? We're going to come back to that in a minute. There could be a variety of reasons. Why? But there has to be a plan. If God designed us, and can everybody agree to that? That I think we've seen in Scripture this morning. And, and my point was not to dig out a thousand Scriptures and try to prove to you, because we could have done that. We could have spent the whole morning just going over Scriptures about partnership. You were born for this. When you said, God, I come to you, you were born for partnership. Because that's what you did when Jesus, like, you formed this partnership with him. And he's like, I'm going to use you, and I'm going to form you with other partners and stuff. But he does this thing then, right? You come to church. How many would here by a show of hands would say, New Life Christian Ministries is my home church? And you don't have to raise your hand if it's not. There's no embarrassment here. Because what I'm about to say can be used wherever you go to church. It doesn't matter. And I'll probably get a bunch of texts from a 1,000 pastors thanking them for this this morning. But listen. If this is your home, have you ever asked yourself this question? And I need you to be honest with me. Have you ever asked yourself this question? God, if you sent me to New Life Christian Ministries, and this is my home church, what does it look like for me to partner with them? 
we're working on some things here from a leadership perspective that I just told you, the pathway, so that you can walk freely in all that God's called you to be, so that you can walk in the fullness of life and rest. We're working on that to make that strong here and be better at that so we can really become what our name says we are. What does our name say we are? We are New Life Christian Ministries. You've heard Pastor Damien say that a hundred times. I know I have, and that's maybe not even exaggeration. A hundred times. So when God gives something like this to me, I ask myself the question. I don't just look at you. He's telling me this before he tells me to say anything to anybody else. Why did you bring me here, God? And what does it look like for Stacy and I to partner? And here's the thing. How often do we even ask that? Do we live just under the assumption and we know that God is a God of seasons and he's constantly moving and changing and he's moving in our lives and moving things in our lives. But how often do we ask that question? Isn't that the principle of God? First things first, the first fruits. I'm the first fruit. My life is the first fruit. God, what do you want me to do here? What's the first thing? What's that thing you want me to do here as I partner with new life? But have we ever even really asked that question? Now, I know there's some things swirling around in your mind, and you're saying, well, what, what does that look like? Well, where can I partner with you? We're going to get to that later. That's some of those questions I told you I may not have all the answers to right now. But you're going to get a list in the days to come if you're looking for a way to serve, right? If you're looking for a way to partner with us in your service, here's some ways. Compel, Matthew 25, on and on and on, these ministries that we have. And I'm going to touch a funny bone. I'm not going to spend a lot of time. But have we ever asked God, what does it look like to partner with New Life Christian Ministry when it comes to giving? I can't answer that for you. And I'm not supposed to. But if the Bible talks about when tithes and offerings, and by the way, I'm going to get in a lot of trouble for this. So if I get fired today... And this is my last time. I love you guys, and it's been a pleasure serving here. But I don't believe in tithing. I'm getting a lot of ugly looks. I really do. <laughs> but here's the thing about tithing. I think Jesus always does everything better than what the original thing was. Jesus was a giver. Jesus was a giver. He always went over and beyond the tithe. I know he did. Right? But my point is, seek ye first his kingdom, right? And, and what? In some things? Well, what if we sought the Lord first and asked him, like, God, what does it really look like for me to partner at my church? You know, there's probably some people, two or three, that are going to watch this video. So if you're watching, I'm not talking about new life at this moment, wherever you go to church, ask that question, what does it look like for me to partner at my own church? But are we willing to humbly even ask that question? You see, you weren't designed to come here and feed and feed and feed and feed and feed and keep eating, even though Pastor Damien puts on a spread in a buffet that looks incredible, and I love eating from it every week. Like when God told that man to feed the sheep, he feeds the sheep. Can I get an amen? It's all right. When God told him to feed the sheep, he feeds us well because he gives us the truth, and he gives us the truth in love. When Evan was here, when he was younger, he went through puberty like all young boys do. He got a little fluffy. Is he here? No, okay, good. <laughs> He's way bigger than I am now. <laughs> he got a little fluffy. But I called him pork chop. And it wasn't really because he was eating an ungodly amount of food or anything. He was just going through a stage of life. But saints of God, you weren't meant to come here and consume and consume and consume and no fruit being produced from it. And as your pastors, we cannot allow that to happen. It doesn't mean there may not be a season of life. And I was a part of a season of life. And when we came here, we needed to sit. 
We needed to hear the word. We needed to be healed because God had a work then for us to do. We're still going to hear the word. We're going to feed, but that feeding should lead to a doing. That feeding should lead to a partnership at our local church. So if you've heard some of this today, I want to ask another question. And I know I ask a lot of questions because I really want you to think about these things. I want you to ask the Lord about these things in your quiet time. The first one was just a minute ago, but why are you here? If you raised your hand this morning, so why are you here? And by the way, if you know why you're here, I want to know why you're here. Pastor Damien wants to know why you're here. We need to hear your heart. We can't. I'm a guy. I am a guy. I am not a mind reader. I am not a mind reader. But I do want to know. So as one of the pastors here, I want to know your heart. If God said, here, why here? I want to partner with you. We want to partner with you. The leadership wants to partner with you so that we can see that thing through all the way to the finish. And if you don't know, seek him. He'll tell you. But listen, I want to tell you a testimony. And some of you know this, and I'll keep this version very short. But Stacy and I went to a church, the same church, together for 21 years. And God called us out of that thing and that place. We're like, okay, this is going to be fun. I don't know how to church shop. What does that look like? I don't even like shopping. I mean, I like shoes. Don't get me wrong. I got to be real. No, I do like shopping for shoes. Sorry, Lord, forgive me for lying. That hurt. I do like shoes. Anyway. We don't know what that looks like. I don't know how you go find a home church. And so I had met Damien previously at an event. I didn't know who he was. I just said, well, let's go visit that church. Told him we would sometime. But previous to that, I had obligations at my other church that just didn't afford me the opportunity to come here and visit. So we came. And you know the testimony, man. We walked in the door and God slapped us in the face with his glorious love with people that I never even saw in my entire life. And it was the exact thing that we needed at that moment. It's not that we felt unloved at our other place. We were just in a new season trying to find where God wanted us. But he brought us here, right? And we had the kids were much younger then. And a few of them could make their own decisions. A few of them couldn't. And we went out to dinner afterwards, and I'm just like, I just knew in my heart that God said this was going to be it. This was it. And I, I, he spoke to me directly that day, and find out later he would speak to Stacy. But I knew the reason why he was calling us here after my first visit. Because he told me. He said, go help them. And the them was Brooke and Damien at the time. Go help them. I don't know anything else. And so that's what we did. But at lunch that day, after our first visit, I'm like panicked because I'm thinking, well, we're, we're probably going to go here. But boy, Lord, it would really be nice if this whole family was in agreement. Doesn't that make life a little easier, right? That Stacy agrees. The kids, it just makes it easy, God. So we get there, and you can nod your head if I got this right or not. But we got there, and I think the kids just said, well, I think we found our church. For the most part, that's was the gist of the conversation. I think we found our church. I'm like, wow. Done, Lord. Cool. And I knew why we were to be there. You see, I didn't come here to be an elder. I didn't come here to be a pastor. Those were all things that happened later. I just came in because God said to partner here. Partner here. That's what he meant when he said go help them. Go partner with them. To build the kingdom. 
That's what we're doing. We're not building New Life Christian Ministries. I'm not even really interested in, in the sense of New Life Christian Ministries other than we're nothing more than a local church doing hopefully what all the other churches are desiring to do, which is to build the kingdom of God. That's what I'm interested in because that's what we, the church, were designed to do. We're designed for that. You were designed for partnership. Now, if you sat there, I know we've already addressed, what does that look like? And I don't really know. And let me just say, God isn't a God that is going to be contained in the box and just say, it looks just like this. No, it doesn't. How many ladies here are in the uh, bread of life ministry? Raise your hand. Would you stand up? Like, I know it's kind of awkward, but. So these ladies, there's a few of them here. Elder Melissa's a part of that, too. Thank you, by the way. These are the sweetest ladies we have in our church. Not that you other ladies aren't sweet. Don't say that. I'm only making this as a joke a little bit because they bake bread. And they bake really delicious bread. But did you ever think that something like that could be a way of partnering with New Life Christian Ministries? You can't be isolated to a box to say it only looks like this. That's why I hate the word teacher. But we do, we define what a teacher looks like and it just, it looks like one thing so much. And I'm like, well, that's not really it. I think anybody to some degree on a small scale anyway, has the ability to teach or instruct a person. The example I would give, if somebody walked in this building and they come up and they get saved this morning, they get glorious and miraculously saved. Could I take any of you in this building, take them back to that office, and could you explain to them in 10 minutes or less what happened to them? If you say, I could do that, guess what? You just taught somebody something. You may not be a teacher by vocation, but you still have the ability to teach. And by the way, that's what this partnership thing begins to look like. We need people that are willing to partner not only with each other that are already here, but what about the ones that the prophecy says are coming? What about the prophecy that says this balcony is going to be full? What are we going to do? And I told you, you know what? God, I told Damien this a while ago. I said, God's been gracious to us. Listen to me, church. If you don't hear anything else, I say God's been gracious to us as a church. Because the prophecy came that said the worship was going to blow the roof off of this place. The prophecy came and said that this balcony was going to be full. But it's not full yet and the worship hasn't done that yet because we're not ready. But he's preparing us. And he's preparing us for a time and a season such as this right now. But we the church... And the people of New Life Christian Ministries have to be willing to ask ourselves, God, what does it look like for me to partner with New Life? Why did you send me here? You can come. We love you. If you just want to eat at this miraculous smorgasbord and you know how much Pastor Damian Tibbs loves to eat, this baby is going to be loaded. There's going to be four different kinds of ribs and pulled pork and barbecue and sausage, gravy, and biscuits, and I'm getting hungry. We're going to stop talking about this. But you can come and eat. And my point was there was a time in our testimony where we needed to come and hear what he was saying. When we came here, he was preaching on love. And we needed to hear it. I needed to hear it. I told you before. You ask me who I was in Christ, I could tell you who I was in Christ, but I didn't believe it because I didn't feel loved because of the stuff I had done in my past. And I allowed the, dem the devil to come and cut me away from that branch. I wasn't even a vine. I was trying to be a vine, flopping around, looking like a vine. There was nothing fine about that vine. If we only had more time, I'd tell... You guys can pick up my album in the back. It's $9.95. I got a bunch of copies. It doesn't seem to be selling. <laughs> Jesus. I know there hasn't maybe necessarily been a lot of meat to this today, but I hope you hear the heart of the Father, and I hope you hear 
my heart and Pastor Damien's heart because he would be standing up here side by side with me to look at you people and say, we owe you something. And we owe you the responsibility to afford you the opportunity to walk in your eternal purpose here at New Life Christian Ministries. And that's our heart's desire as your pastors. But we can't afford you the opportunity to sit here for five years and not produce fruit because there's so much fruit in you. And so that's our job. But what I'm asking of you today, and I want to make an ask as we get ready to close this morning, I'm going to ask something sincerely of you. And I'm going to read this scripture, and I had no idea this morning I was even going to read this scripture. And I just, but I felt like there was just something missing from this morning. And I'm like, God, what is it? What is it with what's within me that didn't allow me to connect at times and partner? And all of a sudden, I heard this word, dry bones. Okay, that doesn't make any sense to me. What do you mean, Holy Spirit? And here's the truth, man. I get in my truck this morning, and there's two songs back to bone, back to back, about dry bones. I'm like, so I'm going to read this scripture real quick. We're going to turn if you. As we get ready to close, I know you're tired. Thank you for your patience in staying here. We don't always run this long. But thank you for allowing Holy Spirit to be. This is Ezekiel 37, 1 through 10. I don't know if we'll read through all of it. But it says, The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. And they were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he said, and he asked of me, he said, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? He says, Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone only know the answer to that. And then he said to me, he said, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, Listen to the word of the Lord. I love that. He didn't say, listen to me. He said, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. Listen, man, the Holy Spirit. He just doesn't play around, people. There's no coincidence that God would tell me that this morning. I'd walk into that office, he'd give me the scripture, and then have that very word. Did you hear what he said through Angie this morning? Breathe me in. That's how you begin to take on life and become a partner at New Life. But we, it's all about him. This isn't about new life and what we can do. This is about being grafted to the vine and breathing him in. And you breathe him in, then you'll the pathway to being a partner becomes a lot easier. But there's some of you, God, and this is the reason, was the very reason that I couldn't partner really well when I first got here is because I was broken. There's some of you that are still broken in this place. And it's been a long time, and I want to say to you, it's okay. Because you know what? I was broken for a long time. And the problem was, is I got broken and forgot that I was. And it became my normal my normal but I wasn't producing any fruit there'd be times God would show up and it looked good felt good but I wasn't walking in my eternal purpose and I wasn't walking in the fullness of life and rest by any measure then he said to me speak this prophetic message to these bones and say dry bones listen to the word of the Lord this is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will breathe into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. And then suddenly, can everybody say suddenly? Oh, come on. Can you imagine this? 
Whew, I love a suddenly. Suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling. There was a noise. God, I pray right now that some people begin in this place to begin to hear the noise of heaven. God, begin to hear the noise of heaven, God. All the broken places, those places where they're dried up and crusty, God, and they said to themselves, I'll never live again. God, I come against that. And by the power of the sovereign Lord, I speak to those dry bones in those places, and I say, live in the name of Jesus. Do what you were born to do. Do what you were born and created to be in the name of Jesus. So then there was a rattling noise all across the valley. And the bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. And then I watched as the muscles and the flesh formed over the bodies. Then the skin was formed to cover their bodies. But still they had no breath in them. And then he said to me, speak this prophetic message to the wind, sons of man. And say with a prophetic message... That this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, oh, breathe from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so that they might live again. And so I spoke the message that he commanded me. And breath came into their bodies. And so they came to life. And they stood on their feet as a great army. Jason, can you put the picture back up of the trees this morning? Thank you, Jesus. That pathway is lined with trees that look like a great fortress and a great army. And you were designed to be one of those trees. But you were also designed and destined to not only be grafted to the vine, but to let, just like these trees, let your roots run amongst one another and work together to fulfill the great commission and work together and partner together to build the kingdom of God. So I want you to stand with me in this place today. I'm about to make an ask. I'm about to ask you for something. I don't think I've ever asked you guys for that much as long as I've been here. But my dad told me something once as uh, Stacy and I at one point, we're planning on going on to the mission field in Belize, Central America full-time. We'd already raised a ton of money, um, and we were still struggling to raise some of the money. And my dad looked at me one day when we were kind of struggling, and he says, Son, the problem isn't the money. I'm like, okay, Dad. <laughs> sure seems like the problem is the money. I don't have enough of it, so I can't go. He's like, I hear you, son. The problem's not the money. The problem's the hearing. The problem's the hearing. It's not just your hearing. It's everybody's hearing. Sometimes we don't hear because we're not asking. And that's why I ask, have you asked the Lord since you've been here, what does it look like for me to be a partner here? Proverbs 3, 5 through 10 says, trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you and he will lead you in every decision you make, every one of them, if you do this. Listen to this though. Become intimate with him in whatever you do. Intimacy is something that happens in partnership. Become intimate with him and whatever you do, and he will lead you wherever you go. And don't think for a moment that you know it all. For wisdom comes when you adore him with your undivided devotion and you avoid everything that's wrong. Then you will find the healing refreshment for your body and spirit long for. Glorify God with all your wealth, honoring him with your first fruits. With every increase that comes to you, then every dimension of your life will overflow with blessings from an uncontainable source of inner joy. So I asked you a question early on. How many of you here 
if I were to ask you personally that New Life Christian Ministry is my home. And if you're here and it's not, it's fine. Just raise your hand if you say yes. Hey, it's my home. Man, I hope, all right, now listen. So I'm talking to you right now, the people that raised your hand. And again, this doesn't come from a heart of trying to drum up more help or for Jim trying to produce the 100% uh, participation here at New Life. That's not where this comes from. This comes from the heart of the Father, what you were designed to do. And what, we're, what we're not trying to do here is to plug you into places where you don't fit. It's not my job to say, hey, you should come here and you should do this. You should come here and you should do this. That's not my job. What did we just read? If we trust the Lord completely and we rely on him, then he's gonna guide our every step. If we seek him first, he's gonna direct our paths. I think that's what the scripture says. So if you raised your hand this morning, I'm asking, I'm looking at each of you in the eye as best I can right now with the most gracious smile and asking, would you do me something? Would you take time in the months to come to seek the Lord with your first fruits and say, God, I believe you did call me to New Life Christian Ministries. But would you show me why? Would, would you show me why? And I want to say that if he tells you why, I want you to write it down. Write it down. And then I want you to get with Pastor Damien or me. And we're going to look at it. And if you're here today and you already know why you're here, remind us. This is why I'm here. I know it. Okay. Let's see what we can do about that. God, what do you want? We're going to go together first as we join together in partnership. Because when we do that, there's nothing too difficult for him. Not one thing too difficult through the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, when, the, when Proverbs speaks about an uncontainable source of inner joy, that's where it comes from. Seeking him first and doing what he said. You want to talk about your well filling up that you can't fill with anything else. That's where the real joy comes. So if you raised your hand this morning and you said, new life is my home, would you raise your hand right now? Because this is, this is what partners do. Don't do it yet. Don't do it yet. Make sure you understand. Make sure you understand. Don't do it yet. I know. We're all anxious. I'm glad to. But listen, if you said New Life Christian Ministries is your home, and listen, I want to say one thing before we just get to this and we close. I know some of you are doing amazing work here. I know some of you are amazing givers, and I want to say thank you. We can't do it without you. Thank you. And thank you for being patient with us as Pastor Damien continues to learn to grow, as Pastor Jim continues to learn and grow, and we all grow in this thing together. Thank you for your graciousness to us. We're not perfect men, but we're men humbly seeking the face of the Lord and wanting to do the right thing that he's telling us to do here at New Life, and we know that includes you. So if you raise your head, New Life Christian Ministries is your home, and you're willing to say, Jim, I promise... Now, here's the thing. When you make a promise, that's a big deal in the Word. It's not a much of a big deal today, unfortunately. But when you're in partnership with somebody, and I promise to bring Wes donuts, and I don't, he's going to be sorely disappointed. But he's even going to be sorely disappointed if I promised him eight times, and I don't do it any time. So if you promise to join with me in what I ask you, would you be willing to take this to the Lord? That's my ask of you. I'm not asking anything. I'm not asking you for you to do anything this morning for me. I'm not asking for more of your money. I'm not asking. I'm simply asking you, would you be willing to go to the Lord first? So if you're willing, would you raise your hand? This is where accountability comes from. You're my brothers. You're my sisters. You're my partners. All right. You look around the room. 
We're going to look around the room like God told me to do this because my hand's up and you can see me and I need to be accountable to you for this thing. And this isn't no, no light thing that we're doing here. But right now, what you said I'm agreeing to do is I'm agreeing to take this to the Lord. Because in order for these prophecies to come true in this church, they don't come from the pastors. When the worship blows the roof off of this place, it won't be because of the pastors. And I'm here to tell you, it won't be because of the worship team. It's because you have a life heart that beats for worship. And the reason the balcony will be full is not because Damien is such a compelling speaker. It's because you took the challenge of going out and winning souls for the kingdom of God. And that's what. You took it seriously. And I'm partnering with you, Jesus. And I'm partnering with the mission statement of New Life Christian Ministries. And that's how that thing's going to be filled. So God, I pray right now, let every eye closed in this place. I thank you for your presence in this place, almighty God. I thank you. We don't take for granted that you showed up today in a mighty way. We thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you. But as a congregation that sits in Lima, God, we humbly come to you right now. And we just ask you, why did you create New Life Christian Ministries? And why did you send us here? And God, may this question be so urgent in our spirits that we don't stop asking until you speak. We want to hear from heaven why you called me to partner at New Life Christian Ministries. So God, I thank you that you will not withhold one good thing for those who are seeking you and love you. So God, I ask as these people have agreed that you would speak to them in the days and the weeks and the months. God, I'm even believing that when people walk out these doors and they get in their cars, they begin to hear the heartbeat of heaven as it pertains to their eternal purpose. And God, connect us together just like the trees. God, connect us together so that our road points to the house. And that house is you, Jesus. That everything we do Everything that these trees of righteousness do, God, points to you, Jesus. So, God, I thank you today. I thank you for my brothers and my sisters. I thank you for these partners that we can co-labor with to build your kingdom. Because that's where you get the glory, God. I thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys so much.